Are you being influenced? Well, if you watched the blockbuster film in the last decade, well, then there's a chance it has been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Now, here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. Now, in Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, well, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free when you go to the website, hollywoodtakeover.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Hey, what if your home's title, which is the legal document that proves you own your home, is in some criminal's name? Well, that's called home title theft, and criminals all over the world can find your home's title online, and then they'll forge your signature, they'll take out loans against your home, or even worse, sell your home. Now, how do you know some criminal is not taking over the title to your home? You can find out with sign up at HomeTitleLock.com and use the promo code Sean, S-E-A-N. Hey, we're all looking to save, especially on medical bills, but where do you start? Now, unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings, well, it can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and they flag errors like overbilling or wrong codes and fraud. And you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, saving starts with knowing where to look. Go to their website. It's healthlock.com today before you see any other healthcare provider. My friends at MyPillow, my buddy Mike Lindell told me he was coming out with a brand new product. It's called the New Mattress Topper. So I got the New Mattress Topper immediately, and I've been sleeping on it now for a couple of months. It's the best thing you've ever felt in your life. Now, you literally have MyPillow foam for support. It's a transitional foam that helps relieve pressure points, and it's ultra-soft, patented temperature regulating cover. And I got to tell you, it has a 10-year warranty, a cover that's washable and dryable. It's made in the USA, backed by their 60-day unconditional money-back guarantee. Once you try this new mattress topper, you put it right over your mattress, you will never sleep better. And right now, you, my radio listeners, you're going to save 30% off when you go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code TOPPER. And by the way, Mike will also give you two standard MyPillows absolutely free. All right, so try MyPillow.com promo code TOPPER, promo code TOPPER for this great deal and the best night's sleep you ever had. Hey, it's that time of year for those of you, God forbid, you got to keep your New Year's resolution. What if you're a timeshare owner and you want to get out of your timeshare? Maybe that's at the top of your list or maybe you made a bad investment over the years. It doesn't matter. Let not your heart be troubled because the new year is also a reminder that you can get serious about getting rid of this timeshare and doing it right and doing it legally. And Lone Star Transfer is absolutely an amazing group of people. From beginning to end, I highly recommend if you have any type of time Timeshare. I want you to contact Lone Star and tell them I told you to call. They'll give you a free no obligation consultation and they'll help get you out of your timeshare. They'll do it the right way, the legal way, and it will take very little effort on your part just by calling pound 250 on your mobile phone and saying the keyword timeshare. That's pound 250 on your cell phone, keyword timeshare. You can check them out online at lonestartransfer.com. You have the option to receive a one-time auto-dialed text message from iHeartMedia. All right, what a busy breaking news day. What a show we have for you uh, today and one tonight. Unbelievable. Lynn Wood is going to stop by. He is the attorney, filed a $250 million lawsuit against the Washington Post 
for their horrific, brutal, libelous, uh, malicious attacks on Nicholas Sandman. Uh, I've known Lynn Wood since back in my Atlanta days, and he represented Richard Jewell, and I learned so much in that case that has allowed me to be right more often in my life covering high-profile cases than any of my media rush to judgment, no due process, um, you know, no presumption of innocence, uh, uh, comrades out there in the media that just hate all things Trump. Uh, so we're going to get to that. Uh, Bill O'Reilly will stop by today. Always want his comments. We'll talk to him about some of this media stuff and everything else that's happening. Uh, John Solomon, apparently a new dossier, this time prepared by Nellie Orr. And apparently... The way, you know, his wife's research was like an additional dossier. This is the way Bruce Orr described it. Assembled from Fusion GPS research to augment what Steele was separately providing the FBI. Uh, and by the way, that's against DOJ ethics rules because it forbids department officials from working in cases where a spouse has a financial interest and in a prohibition that Bruce Orr said he knew about. So this is going to get more and more interesting um, so you know, there are rampant rumors running around pretty much everywhere uh, that, in fact, the Mueller report is, if not done, is uh, soon to be done and released uh, sometime early next week. I mean, are they going to just drop it in the middle of the president's trip and his summit in Vietnam with, you know, little rocket man Kim Jong-un? I mean, that's going to be pretty fascinating to watch. Um, we have a story that I want to get to about this woman that joined ISIS. And now she says, well, during my years in Syria, seeing bloodshed up close has changed me. And I'd like to say to the people who are reading this is that when I left to Syria, I was a naive, angry, arrogant young woman. And I thought I understood my religious beliefs and I thought I had good friends. I stopped listening to my family and those who care about me. And that was a big mistake. And during my years in Syria, well, I would see and experience a way of life and terrible effects of war, which changed me. Seeing bloodshed up close changed me. Motherhood changed me. Seeing friends, children and the men I married dying changed me. Seeing how different a society could be compared to the belo the beloved America I was born and raised into change me. Being where I was and seeing the people around me scared me because I realized, well, I didn't want to be a part of this. And then she goes on to say, my beliefs weren't the same as theirs. In my quiet moments, in between bombing, starvation, cold, and fear, I would look at my beautiful little boy and know that I didn't belong here, and neither did he. And she goes on from there, so I would think sometimes of my family and friends and the life that I knew and realized how I didn't appreciate or even really understand how important the freedoms that we have in America are. I do now to say that I regret my past words, uh, any pain that I caused my family, any concerns I would cause my country would be hard for me to really express properly. A little side note to all of this, because um, thankfully we have a strong attorney because she wants to come back to the United States. Well, Secretary of State Pompeo said that's not happening. He said that uh, this woman who joined ISIS that wants to return home with her 18-month-old son that she had with her ISIS husband will not be admitted back into the U.S., saying she is not a U.S. citizen. All right, that handles that issue. I wonder if she changes her mind shortly thereafter. Um, 
I want to begin with something that is really important. You know, and we'll do this later when Lynn Wood is here with his first interview. Lynn Wood is the attorney for Nicholas Sandman. Nicholas Sandman was one of the Covington Catholic school children that was, remember, these kids were there. It turns out it was his first trip anywhere without his parents. He's 16 years old, weighs 115 pounds. And so they march for life because that's his personal, deeply held belief. Okay. He has a red Make America Great Again hat, but according to these documents, he's not really political in any way. There's no history of that. Just wearing that hat, I cannot understand the reaction to a hat that says Make America Great Again. But as we now know, it is like a uh, trigger for angry, indoctrinated, hateful left-wingers that think that means, oh, come and punch me, kick me. Remember what they said that they wanted to do, some of the things that were said by Hollywood stars about Nicholas Sandman. We've covered it all. Um, well, yesterday, Linwood filed a $250 million lawsuit against the Washington Post. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This is only the beginning. I knew Lynn Wood. You know, one of the, I guess it was kind of a proud moment in my life. It wasn't anything that I thought deeply about. But when I was in Atlanta, I was a local host. The year's 1996. I know because I have a framed copy of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, the year-end edition. And they said 1996 was a great year. The Olympics came and Sean Hannity left. I left in October to go to the Fox News Channel when they were debuting the channel. And but I met but at some point after that bombing, Richard Jewell called me and he said, I was listening to your show when you talked about me. And what had happened was the Atlanta Journal Constitution came out with Richard Jewell is not the hero we we thought he was, because turns out he was the hero. He died. He died like 23 years ago, not long after I had interviewed him, 43 or four years old. And I'm sure the pressure and the stress, you know, being just vilified by this this mob known as the media, you know, is 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 there's a lot for anybody to take, especially if you're not a public figure, which he wasn't, nor is Nicholas Sandman. And, you know, the point was, I said, when I read this in the Constitution, Atlanta Journal-Constitution, I said, he fits the profile of the lone bomber. He lives with his mother. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Just based on that and nothing else. And the mob goes nuts. And he is now the number one suspect, again, guilt by accusation, in the news media. And when he called me and said to me, I was the only one that didn't join the mob. I had no idea. But it had a profound impact on my life. It really did. He ended up giving me one of the first interviews that he had given at the time. I don't know for sure. I'm, Linwood is one of the most tenacious, unrelenting, most passionate defenders of innocent people being smeared and slandered and maligned and, you know, all the character assassination that goes along with it. Thank God there are attorneys like him. And I've, and he's not, trust me, he, 
Lynn Wood is a very successful attorney. He's doing this because this is his passion. And when somebody has passion like he does, and I read the full the full filing from yesterday. It's in the U.S. Uh, District Court, Eastern District of Kentucky. And Nicholas Sandman, by and through his parents and natural guardians, uh, and against the plaintiff, the Washington Post, Washington Post Company, LLC, that must be a shell corporation. Anyway, and he goes through all of this, and he gives a history that's amazing. And I'm going to go over some of this, but I want to just say, this is what I learned. You know, I learned to, when these high-profile cases come up, it drove me nuts how many times an attorney and a president with the power of the pulpit of the presidency, Obama, the Cambridge police acted stupidly. No, they didn't. They did not. Then the beer summit. Or that could have been me in the Trayvon Martin case, George Zimmerman case. Well, I didn't, you know, you have to wait. What do we find out? There was an eyewitness that identified Trayvon grounding and pounding George Zimmerman's head into cement, and he's screaming, and the scream is on tape. Whether you like the verdict or not, that's what the verdict was based really on the on the eyewitness testimony in that case. But I tried to develop my own facts, <clears throat> went down to Florida, and interviewed George Zimmerman. The Duke lacrosse case is the same thing. You know, these kids are being accused, 85 professors at Duke, you know, pretty much condemning them publicly. Everybody in the media believing the allegations almost immediately. And I met the kids and I met the family and I'm like, nah, something's not right here. And we ended up being right there. And the UVA rape case, same thing. And, you know, when people were rushing to judgment in Ferguson, um, I didn't rush to judgment. You know, we began to get pieces of information like Michael Brown and his friend, you know, bullying that store owner and just robbing them in, in you know, with a bandit. And then the person that allegedly had done this crime with Michael Brown is that he just shot him in the back and the media runs with that guy's testimony. And meanwhile, behind the scenes, we have good people that were eyewitnesses that one by one confirmed every single detail of the story given by the police officer, Darren Wilson, whose career is ruined by the media mob. And Ferguson, that's Ferguson. Look what happened there. And then you look at Baltimore. I remember very early on, I said, everyone else thought these cops are guilty. They killed this Freddie Gray, who was well known to police, who ran at 830 in the morning when cops were driving by with their bicycles. All people, all in that case, all exonerated. Then you can look at a media that doesn't do basic vetting of Obama. None. George Stephanopoulos, after I fed him the question, the only question Obama ever got when a guy that starts his career in the home of an unrepentant terrorist, domestic terrorist, September 11, 2001, of all days, quoted as saying, I wish we did more. Why would any candidate be friends with him? Now we know they hid pictures of him and Farrakhan the whole eight years he was president. But then we got into black liberation theology, the Church of GD America, Alinsky, Acorn, Frank Marshall Davis, his books. Nobody vetted him. They were just, they were the big cheerleaders. 
this, you know, look at look at the narrative of lies two years and running now. Trump Russia collusion. When, in fact, we have built a case of evidence of high ranking, not rank and file. FBI DOJ officials rigging an investigation into Hillary Clinton so she could continue her candidacy because she should win 100 million to zero, according to the guy that interviewed her. And taking her bought and paid for phony Russian dossier, literally committing a fraud on the court, not saying that she paid for it, never verifying it, never saying that Christopher Steele hates Trump and using it as a backdoor into the Trump campaign. And then the insurance policy is using the same blueprint roadmap to bludgeon Donald Trump and have a, a palace coup and remove a sitting president duly elected by we the people. And the media has been wrong the entire time. And they're never held accountable. And it's even worse than that. Smoking is not about politics. It's about people. There are 34 million Americans that smoke. But for me, Juul was a game changer because you switch to Juul. It's simple. It's satisfying. And no more smell. I watch people all the time. They run outside in the freezing cold. It could be grabbing their cigarette. Well, with Juul, you'll take a quick puff and you're good. That's it. Now, Juul is designed with smokers in mind. From its form to technology, it's easy to use. No buttons, no switches. And the goal of Juul is to impact the lives of adult smokers by providing a satisfying alternative. Switch to Juul. You'll wish you had done it a long time ago. To discover the smoking alternative that is nothing like any e-cig vape you have ever tried, go to this website, J-U-U-L-Juul.com slash Switch America. That's J-U-U-L dot com slash Switch America. Warning, this product contains nicotine, and nicotine is an addictive chemical. J-U-U-L dot com slash Switch America. So I don't have a lot of time. We'll get into this more when Linwood joins us later. He's the attorney now for Nicholas Sandman, the Covington Catholic school kid. Starts out in in a 38-page lawsuit talking about the Washington Post. Credited for inventing the term McCarthyism. Editorial cartoon, 1950. Buckets of tar, cartoon making fun of Joe McCarthy. His tarring tactics, engaging in smear campaigns. And he goes on to explain in in three days in January this year, starting on the 19th, the Washington Post engaged in a modern-day form of McCarthyism by competing with CNN, NBC, and others to claim leadership of the mainstream media, social media mob of bullies, which attacked, vilified, and threatened Nicholas Sandman, an innocent secondary school child, 16 years old, weighs 115 pounds. The Post wrongfully targeted and bullied Nicholas because he was a white Catholic school student wearing a great Make America Great hat again. Remember the black Hebrew Israelites, the racist comments made against him and all his fellow schoolmates on a field trip when all of a sudden then then he describes nathan phillips known native american activist you know it was phillips that walked up to him nick didn't approach nathan you know nick was confronted by phillips nick didn't block phillips path phillips made no attempt to get around him phillips did not you know 
Nick did not verbally assault, taunt, mock, or harass. He stood there smiling, trying to be calm. More on this when we get back. This is the mob media in America. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. On a calm October night, Michael and his wife, they were just out for a walk in their neighborhood when their life got flipped upside down or just like yours could be. Now, Michael was attacked by a homeless woman who stabbed him multiple times before he was able to restrain her and waited for law enforcement to arrive. But what happens next is why our partners at the USCCA exist. Now, while Michael was in the hospital, a detective literally charged him with assault. Now, this is the new America that we're living in. Luckily, Michael was a USCCA member just like me. He used his training, his education, and his self-defense liability insurance to stay out of jail and save his family from potential bankruptcy. If you want to learn proven ways to deter criminals, defend your family, avoid legal trouble, just go to uscca.com slash Hannity right now. You'll put in your email. You'll get a free guide put together by the USCCA and the former head of training for the FBI. Just go to uscca.com slash Hannity today. Hey, today more than ever, we're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Now, unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings can seem impossible. And by the way, who has the time? Now, HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your family insurance and reviews your medical claims as they come in from your healthcare providers. Then HealthLock's technology flags and alerts you to any errors like overbilling or wrong codes and fraud to help you and your family save. And you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save more than $130 million. Now, saving on medical bills starts with knowing where to look. HealthLock, they make it simple and easy to find and fix any hidden medical bill error. Now, to save, go to their website. It's HealthLock.com. One word, HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour. Uh, Lynn Wood uh, filing a $250 million lawsuit uh, on behalf of Nicholas Sandman, the Covington Catholic school kid that was verbally uh, assaulted by the black Hebrew Israelites in the most racist of terms. And this is the religion of America. Let's make America great again. A bunch of child molesters. That's right. Just like your damn Donald Trump. That's, look at all these dusty crackers with that racist garbage on. Look at these dirty. Crackers. Crickets. That's right. You practice got some damn nerves. 
That's why everybody hates your ass. That's right. The biggest terrorist on the face of this earth is the pale-faced man, woman, and child. Even having easy access to this tape, the media went with the mob story because it suited their agenda of hating Trump. And if it meant smearing, slandering, libeling, you know, maligning of the character assassination of a 16-year-old kid, so be it. It would have taken them all of five minutes to get to the truth about it was the Native American activist Phillips who walked up to Nicholas Sandman. Nicholas Sandman didn't do anything but stand there and try and smile and look peaceful. Never responded to those people with their uh, the, the Hebrew Israelites and their vicious attacks, verbal assault on these kids. Only to say to one other kid, um, no, shush, we're not gonna we're not going there. Amazing, frankly, just stunning, incredible discipline and demeanor for a kid that young. Did everything right. And calm the situation down. Everything they did, he, he urges a classmate to refrain from any comments. You know, Nick didn't verbally assault, taunt, harass, disparage, threaten Phillips in any way or anybody else. He stayed calm under really difficult circumstances. I'm going to get back to this lawsuit in a minute. And Linwood will join us later. Also join us on TV tonight. John Solomon has a huge breaking news story. Sarah's going to have one tonight as well. Lara Logan is going to join us on TV tonight. You know, she says, well, I'm probably risking my entire career. But, yeah, the media is abusively biased. She's right. She's, she's an amazing reporter. You know, spent years in war zones covering wars. We know what happened to her in Tahir Square. Unbelievable. Nearly lost her life that day. This is, you know, and what Leslie Stahl gets every other segment on 60 Minutes. 60 Minutes wanted to do a profile of me this year. I said, yeah. What, am I going to get more CBS uh, edited fake news? Like when I did an hour with Ted Koppel, they ran a, a minute and seven seconds and cut it up just to make him look good. It's unbelievable. I think I'll pass. Had it with all this. Um, Interesting, just side notes. I want to get this information. We... Um, Fox now reporting, others now reporting the DOJ sources are indicating the Mueller investigation is wrapping up and a source familiar with the special counsel's probe said it is near the end game. Uh, there is no formal notification that's complete and that data now aligns the new AG. William Barr is in place. Rod Rosenstein announced he's leaving in mid-March. He said he wanted to stick around until the investigation was done. So it stands to reason this is going to happen. Not this week, probably. Well, I don't know how. It really would be pretty crappy if they did this while the president's negotiating with, with little Rocket Man about the denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula. But, you know, you can't put it past anybody, this group of people. Interesting comments. I've always liked Ari Fleischer. Ari Fleischer is just a nice guy and smart. Very, very smart. And he was on Fox News today, shared an anecdote about Andrew McCabe that shows what a lunatic he was when he was working for the FBI. And uh, Mediaite covered this, and 
Fleischer said he'd witnessed McCabe's attitude of blind loyalty to James Comey firsthand when he slightly criticized Comey during a car ride to an FBI counterterrorism training event that he was supposed to give. Quote, I was literally in an FBI car riding with McCabe on my way to the event. McCabe told the driver driver to drop me off because I criticized Comey mildly. He was so defensive about James Comey that he actually canceled the terrorism training event and told him, pull over and let me out. That's Andy McCabe for you, Fleischer said, noting McCabe's priority of protecting Comey at all costs. Um, in the Smollett case, we've got an update. This is from CBS News. Not that you can trust any of these mob news people hate Trump media. And anyway, it is now in a Chicago courthouse. The two brothers who now claim that the actor paid them to stage the attack are now talking to prosecutors. We had that information yesterday. But the brothers spent the afternoon at Cook County Courthouse where a grand jury was deliberating. Possible sign of increasing legal peril for the actor who says he was assaulted three weeks ago. Not immediately clear if they actually testified yet, but they're expected to, which could lead to the indictment of Smollett. And we'll have to see how this unfolds. Um, <laughs> in New York City, it's pretty funny, actually. Thanks for nothing, AOC, meaning Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. But um, never in the world in world history has a single politician cost her own constituents you know, 25,000 plus high paying jobs in just a short period of time. But, you know, she and a couple of other low ranking Democrats killed the deal with Amazon and, you know, chased $27 billion in expected tax revenue away in a state that is now in decline because they're $2.3 billion in a shortfall because even Andrew Cuomo, the progressive, tax-the-rich, tax-the-rich liberal, recognized that the rich are moving out because of the burdensome taxation and regulation in New York. By the way, the uh, just one more point on this uh, Justice Department, the end of the Mueller probe issue. The scope and contours of what Barr will send to Congress remain unclear. According to the Department of Justice rules and regulations, they don't have to send a thing over the attorney general. As per, by the way, Democrats post-Clinton impeachment. Anyway, um, former FBI lawyer James Baker, who along with McCabe is under criminal investigation, he actually believed Hillary Clinton should have been charged. Oh, maybe there was some honest people at the FBI at the top levels, not the rank and file. I hate... You know, I hate the fact that all these great people in the greatest law enforcement agency ever, and I know under Hoover they had problems, et cetera, but that, I'm not, not the field agents, not the rank and file guys. These guys are dedicated to doing a good job. Well, you might say, well, what about the guys pre-dawn raids, Manafort and Roger Stone for process crimes? They, what, what if they say no, they're fired? It's not their decision. And it, it, they do what they, they do what they're told at that level. They have to. Anyway, Baker believed Hillary Clinton's mishandling of highly classified information was appalling and alarming. And yeah, it's a felony also. Violation of the Espionage Act. And Baker apparently held on to that belief until shortly before his former boss, Comey, made 
the public announcement not to charge Clinton. Which goes to my point is that they rigged the investigation, which is why they wrote an exoneration before they ever had an interrogation or investigation. Under questioning from John Ratcliffe, the congressman from Texas, Baker spoke extensively about the back-and-forth arguments, and it's Baker now who's under a DOJ investigation (coughs) and a criminal investigation for leaking information to the media, and he steered clear of uh, answering any questions regarding leaks, but as FBI general counsel, you originally believed it was appropriate to charge Hillary Clinton with a violation of law for mishandling classified information. Yeah, he did. He described reviewing a classified binder containing material related to the Clinton investigation that contained sensitive, highly classified emails she was transmitting over her mom and pop shop bathroom closet server. My original belief after, well, having conducted the investigation towards the end of it and reading it, the binders of materials, I thought it was alarming, appalling. Whatever words I said, he said, and argued with others about why they thought she shouldn't be charged. The only reason they didn't charge her is because they rigged the investigation because she was the nominee and she was the favored candidate and the Democrats would have been put in turmoil. And that means Trump would have won easily. They didn't want Trump to win. That's why even after being warned about Clinton paying for a phony FISA or phony dossier that You know, everybody was warned she paid for it. They were warned it was unverified. They still used it. And you know what? It can't ever be verified because the guy that wrote it said it's unverified and not corroborated. Everyone forgets that. It's a weird story we'll get into when we have more time. The FBI is plotting to keep DNA of the entire population on file to create a nation of suspects. Now, this was in the Daily Star in the U.K. I have no idea if that's true. John Solomon's going to break a story, by the way, about uh, Rod Rosenstein and how Bruce Orr's wife literally made a third dossier and that he spread it to everybody else in the FBI. It's unbelievable. 25th Amendment, wearing a wire. This, we're losing the country. I mean, we're really losing the country. There's a real danger in this country if we lose equal justice, equal application of our laws, where a few high-ranking corrupt people abuse their power to influence an election. They allowed that phony Russian dossier to be used as, as propaganda before the 2016 election, misinformation to help Hillary get elected then. By slandering Trump with unverified info that they leaked. And then using it to get into the Trump campaign through a backdoor Carter Page. They never arrested Carter Page. Carter Page worked for these people. They knew who he was. They, he, he cooperated most of his life with these people. All right, back to the Covington kids in this $250 million lawsuit. I mean, I'll put all we'll put it up on Hannity.com, all 38 pages of this lawsuit. It it goes on targeting, bullying Nicholas by falsely accusing him of instigating the June 18th incident. The Washington Post conveyed that Nicholas engaged in acts of racism by swarming Phillips, blocking his exit from the students and otherwise engaging in racist misconduct. 
Just the opposite turned out to be true. The Post ignored basic journalistic standards because they wanted to advance their well-known, easily documented, biased agenda against President Trump by impugning individuals perceived to be supporters of the president, i.e. the MAGA hat. And a 16-year-old secondary school student, Nicholas's political beliefs are anything but established and entrenched in his young mind. He has zero history of political activism or aggressiveness and didn't exhibit any in that most difficult situation with the Hebrew Israelites and Nathan Phillips. The post campaign to target Nicholas furtherance of its political agenda was carried out by using its vast financial resources to enter the bully pulpit by publishing a series of false defamatory print and online articles, which effectively provided a worldwide megaphone to Phillips and other anti-Trump individuals and entities to smear a young boy who was, in its view, an exceptional, ex- acceptable casualty in their war against the president. And unlike the post-abuse of profession of journalism, plaintiffs do not bring this lawsuit to use the judicial system to further a political agenda. The lawsuit is brought against the post to seek legal redress for its negligent, reckless, malicious attacks on Nicholas, which has caused permanent damage to his life and reputation. The post bullied an innocent child with absolute disregard for the pain and destruction its attacks would cause to his life. The Post proved itself to be a loud, aggressive bully with a bully pulpit. In this country, our society is dedicated to the protection of children, regardless of the color of their skin, their religious beliefs, or any cap they wear. But the Post didn't care about protecting Nicholas. To the contrary, they raced with a reckless disregard of the facts and the truth, because in this day and time, there's a premium for being first and the loudest media bully. And the Post wanted to lead the charge against this child because he was a pawn in their political war against their political adversary. A war so disconnected and beyond even the comprehension of Nicholas that it might as well have been science fiction. Now, last paragraph, then I got to take a break. Then it goes on to say the Post must be dealt with the same way every bully is dealt with. And that is hold the bully fully accountable for its wrongdoing in a manner which effectively deters the bully from again bullying other children. In a civil lawsuit, punishment and deterrence is found in awarding money damages to the victim and target of the bully. In order to fully compensate Nicholas for his damages and to punish, deter, and teach the post a lesson it will never forget, this action seeks money damages in excess of $250 million, the amount Jeff Bezos, the world's richest person, paid in cash for the post when his company purchased the newspaper. Even Dershowitz thinks this is going to be big. And I bet there's hundreds of them. I know Lynn Wood, one of the greatest attorneys. He has such a passion for this because it happens every day. Mobs all over the media. That's the hate Trump media. Mr. Orr provided what? He provided some elements of reporting that uh, my understanding is originated from Mr. Steele. So, so Bruce Orr did give the FBI information relative to the dossier? Yes. You said earlier Bruce Orr was not working on the Russia investigation. Let me ask you. To my knowledge. To your knowledge. Did you not know that Bruce Orr was meeting with... 
Christopher Steele getting the information about the, the dossier and supplying that information to the FBI. At the same time, his wife Nellie was working for Fusion GPS that was helping Hillary Clinton. Did you not know he was doing that for the FBI? Correct. You did not know that? Correct. It's my understanding that everything that Bruce Orr did was approved uh, and known to senior Department of Justice officials, coordinated close with the FBI. All right, glad you're with us. Hour two of the Sean Hannity Show. Hannity, watch on the deep state, and it gets deeper and deeper by the day. We have big breaking news we're going to get to in a second with uh, John Solomon. Uh, Peter Strzok was first that Bruce Orr provided documents to the FBI that included parts of the Steele dossier. The unverified Steele dossier, the one filled with Russian lies, now debunked dossier, the one that Hillary Clinton paid for, but they didn't tell the FISA court dossier. And it was Rod Rosenstein being grilled by Louis Gohmert on how Bruce and Nellie Orr and Christopher Steele and Nellie's working for Fusion GPS. And then we have John Brennan saying everything Bruce Orr did was approved by senior DOJ officials and coordinated with the FBI. Now, one piece to put in your memory bank as we get to this new information today, and that is that, remember, under testimony, Bruce Orr said that in August of 2016 that he briefed everybody in the FBI and the DOJ, all these top-ranking officials, that, in fact, the dossier was suspect, that it was paid for by Hillary, that it was unverified and uncorroborated, and that Christopher Steele used suspect, quote, Russian sources, uh, and that he was a big Trump hater. None of this, by the way, mentioned to the FISA court just a couple of months later. Uh, Steele himself since then has distanced himself from his own dossier. Now here's where it gets very interesting. The headline on the Hill today, the family secret Bruce Orr told Rod Rosenstein about the Russian case. Apparently, I guess he didn't say this to uh, others, but uh, Bruce Orr apparently played an essential, unorthodox role carrying politically tainted allegations of Donald Trump and the so-called collusion to uh, brought it to the FBI in, the, in 2016. Again, he knew it was unverified. He knew all the things that he had told everybody else. Anyway, breaking the story now is John Solomon at TheHill.com. John, how are you? I'm doing well, son. Glad to join you. So Bruce Orr briefed everybody. I want to get a little bit of a timeline going on here because right. the the rigged investigation for Hillary ends July 5th. And the people That's that right. rigged it, well, we all know she committed crimes, felonies, the Espionage Act violations, uh, and obstruction of justice. So they, they rigged that for the favored candidate. And Peter Strzok, who interviewed her, James Comey, who hated Trump, and they, they rig it even though we know they commit crimes. But then they immediately turn their sights on Donald Donald Trump. So pick yeah, it up from there. Day, Look, yeah. It's that, it's that same day, July 5th, that Christopher Steele walks in uninvited to the London FBI office to his old handler who used to work in Rome and, and drops the first of what is known as the dossier reports. And uh, there isn't an immediate reaction to it. It takes several weeks uh, for something to happen. So Christopher Steele, anxious to get this uh, uh, truck rolling, uh, reaches out to Bruce Orr. They meet July 30th, 2016. So about a month after Orr first tickled the FBI with his uh, dossier. And who joins that meeting but Nellie Orr, uh, Bruce's wife, who is, by the way, a fellow contractor at Fusion GPS with Steele. All the all both are working for Glenn Simpson, the opposition research 
uh, guy for Hillary Clinton's campaign. They meet that very same day. Bruce Orr calls uh, Deputy Director of the FBI, Andrew McCabe, and tells him, I think I've got something you need to see on Trump and Russia. That precipitates a series of meetings in August with the FBI to talk about what Steele was uh, telling Orr. Uh, First, it goes to FBI officials. Then it goes to three senior Justice Department officials, one working for Loretta Lynch, one the other two now working for Bob Mueller. And they uh, are now fully involved with the Steele dossier. So that's the first time Bruce Orr bring something into the pipeline. In late August, uh, with with the FBI now uh, getting ginned up on on the Steele dossier's allegations, keeping in mind that they're uncorroborated, uh, they're raw source material coming from a guy who uh, was uh, admittedly uh, trying to defeat Trump in the election and or tells all those justice and FBI officials he has some connection to the Clinton campaign. So he puts all that on the table. He goes out and he meets with uh, uh, Christopher Steele's boss. Glenn Simpson, who, by the way, is also his wife's boss, Nellie Orr's boss, the founder of Fusion GPS. And he takes some more material from Glenn Simpson. Eventually, he takes a thumb drive from Glenn Simpson. He gives it to the FBI. So the second Clinton conduit comes through Bruce Orr and goes into the FBI. And again, uncorroborated, uncertain, uh, clearly politically tainted information being thrown into the FBI by a senior justice official. Now comes the new revelation today in my story. Uh, Around that same time frame, uh, Nellie Orr, now fully aware of what uh, Christopher Steele was providing the FBI, because Bruce Orr took her to the business meeting with him, puts together her own research on Donald Trump and Russia, uses Fusion GPS's resources. And then despite conflict of interest roles of the Justice Department, Bruce Orr walks that dossier, a a new dossier, into the FBI from his own wife. So so you're basically saying a third dossier. A third dossier. Put That's together right. by Bruce Orr's wife, who works for Fusion GPS, which, by the way, he did disclose. Yep. Um, and But there are DOJ ethics and rules that forbid department officials from working in cases where a spouse has a financial interest. That's right. And a prohibition that Orr said he knew about when he forwarded his wife's evidence to the FBI. Or the That's way exactly you right. Write- And you write the way Orr described it is his wife's research was like an additional dossier assembled from Fusion GPS research to augment what Steele was separately providing to the FBI. Sounds to me like more circular reporting. They just said it in in a different way. All of this is the same Clinton tree feeding the FBI, flooding the FBI with this chronic information. Remember, there's also Sidney Blumenthal and Cody Scherer, two other Clinton protégés, that throw stuff to the almost identical stuff to Steele to the State Department, who then forwards it to the FBI. So you have a single source with a clear political motive and a giant political dirty tricks operation being centered through Fusion GPS using Steele or Nellie Orr, Glenn Simpson, and they're feeding the FBI this suspect information in the final weeks of the election. And that's what gives uh, the kerosene uh, on the on the fire. And all of a sudden, the FBI is a full-blown investigation of Donald Trump based on politically tainted and unverified information. Now, it, 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 and it also goes right into Mueller's office because or yeah. br- when he gave the briefing to top DOJ FBI officials, Andrew right. Weissman, the guy that lost 9-0 in the Supreme Court, cost tens of thousands of Enron accounting jobs, put innocent people from Merrill in jail for a year. That overturned right. by the Fifth Circuit. The guy that was excoriated, according to Sidney Powell in her book, for withholding exculpatory evidence, Mueller's pit bull, was not only at Hillary Clinton's victory party, but also was there for the briefing of Orr, where Orr is saying it's unverified Hillary paid for it and Steele hates Trump. That's Orr's testimony, and I think that's a very important link that uh, 
that we can't lose sight of uh, in, in light of everything that we've now learned about Andrew Weissman. Remember, Andrew Weissman also is in another meeting where he doesn't belong. He's a fraud section chief. There's a Russia investigation going on uh, about uh, Paul Manafort, and he injects himself into a meeting between the Associated Press reporters and justice officials. Actually sets it up, and uh, by all accounts, is a major orchestrator there. He seems to, and this is long before he's working for Mueller, he seems to keep putting his hand into this, uh, what's supposed to be independent counterintelligence pot. And I think what we're getting to see, and first off, I think it's shocking, Sean, we're more than two and a half years into this investigation, and we're first learning that Bruce Orr's wife wrote another dossier using Fusion GPS's resources and dumped it on the FBI. It is extraordinary how well the Justice Department has covered all these tracks and made it so hard for us to find the truth. It's really remarkable. You know, it really is. And, it's, and you know, I said two years ago, it's been two years, March, when John Solomon first broke the story about yeah. how the abuse of intelligence and the rise in the abuse of the intelligence. The question is, knowing all that, before they ever filed the first FISA application, and to quote Andrew McCabe himself, no dossier, no FISA against Carter Page, which then opened them to a backdoor into all things Donald Trump. And then, yeah. of course, they leaked this information to propagandize the American people to help Hillary Clinton after they rigged an investigation that allowed her to continue as a candidate when any other American would have been charged and indicted. And then it gets worse. Pick it up from there. Yeah, it really is extraordinary. And, you know, I was I was listening to Andrew McCabe this weekend as he's on his book tour. Right. And he's talking about in May, the reason he started the obstruction investigation, the reason he started a Donald Trump might be a Russian asset investigation, which is really breathless and extraordinary is that he was trying to preserve this original investigation, except we forget about one thing. At the moment, he's allegedly preserving it. It's May 2017. And what did Lisa Page, Andrew McCabe's top lawyer inside the FBI, tell us all? In May, they still had not corroborated a single thing about the dossier's allegation of uh, of collusion between Trump and Russia. So he's trying to preserve an investigation for which there is no evidence. It is extraordinary. Rather than preserving it, I think what we're going to learn is he was trying to extend an empty investigation. And next week, I think, will be a very big week, uh, uh, Sean. I can tell you I am hearing from multiple sources, as I've been saying on your that, show the last week. That is weeks. done. Yep, it's next week. It comes to a close. Bob well, Mueller's would they, would they literally? All right, quick break. More with the Hills, John Solomon. This is a blockbuster report. We'll have more on this tonight on Hannity, 9 Eastern, on the Fox News Channel. Um, and as we continue with John Solomon, big breaking news, Hannity Watch on the Deep State. Would they let this out when Donald Trump is negotiating with Kim Jong-un in Vietnam? That would be pretty, that would be I, a I think pretty... The report gets, yeah, I think the report gets transmitted to the Justice Department, to the new Attorney General, Bill Barr. I don't think it's going to see the light of day anytime soon. But one thing that is at the disposal of the Justice Department in extraordinary cases, normally when someone's been under investigation, the Justice Department, and they close it down, Justice Department says nothing. But the U.S. Attorney Manual allows for a scenario where someone's name has been bantied about, (laughs) kind of like Donald Trump in collusion, right? They can make a statement saying we've closed down this investigation and we've declined prosecution against whoever's been named publicly, people like Carter Page or Trump. I don't know if that's being considered, but it's certainly something in the U.S. Attorney Manual for people whose names have been maligned so much like Donald Trump and Carter Page. So if things are shut down next week and there's no further charges, that's a possible option that we might see. Some acknowledgement it's over and the people that have been named are not at risk of being charged. That could be a very important moment if, if the Justice Department chose to use that U.S. Attorney Manual's 
recommendation. This is the most unbelievable, you know, abuse of power, corruption story I've ever seen. This whole thing has been not only a witch hunt, this has been a coup attempt. You know, you, I, I remember the night we were on set. It was that March of 2017, and none of us knew what, what was going to come next. But you had this instinct, Sean. Do you remember what you said? You said, there's an onion here. we got to peel back. I don't know what the I truth do. is, but something doesn't feel right. And Sarah I remember, and I, and I said, keep digging. I kept, we're yeah, all key, and we all digging. kept digging, and now we're nearly two wow. years into this. And this is what we know. Yeah, we know that we is. had high-ranking officials in the FBI and DOJ that tried to influence the outcome of an election. That's they right. saved they saved their favored candidate from facing what every other person would face in terms of legality and indictments. Then they used phony op research with funnel money and a foreign agent putting together and they knew it was likely false. They knew certainly it wasn't verified, paid for by Clinton. They lie openly and repeatedly conspired to lie to a, a FISA court judges, taking away the constitutional rights of one American just to spy on the Trump campaign. And literally, if he wins, they have an insurance policy, which he does, yeah. to bludgeon him with pretty much the same roadmap. It is an extraordinary thing. If you and I were going to write a political thriller, I don't think we would be this creative in how many things actually happened that we couldn't have imagined when we started down this path. And I think... The, the next phase of this investigation, because it shouldn't end when Bob Mueller's investigation and report uh, is transmitted. Probably well, it needs to go back week. to the beginning, and justice right. needs to be, we need equal justice under the law, and all these people that also lied to Congress and committed perjury. There is a lot of different uh, uh, testimonies that don't add up. There are a lot of different actions that were taken before the FISA court that appear to violate, but the experts we all talk to, people like... Um, uh, Kevin uh, Brock, former intelligence chief for Bob Mueller inside the FBI, saying something doesn't add up. This is not the way we did things at the FBI when I was there. When you hear experts like that, nonpartisan experts like that, saying, I don't recognize the FBI carrying out these actions, there has to be some accountability. So the temptation oh, there has in to the be. future. Yeah, otherwise the temptation will be there to do this again under a different watch. It's some amazing. Have the, to be held. The, the boomerang is coming back now. Now with the criminal investigations ongoing and a new attorney general, I hope that's dedicated to the truth, equal application, equal justice under the law. Um, I believe we'll see many indictments at the end of this, if, if unless, of course, the whole system is meaningless. Uh, great work. John Solomon is latest. Uh, we'll put it up on Hannity.com. 800-941-SEAN. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour. 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, uh, Lynn Wood, the attorney for Nicholas Salmon, the kid that was confronted in the Washington Mall by the black Hebrew Israelites and Native American activist Nathan Phillips. Well, the lawyer for Nicholas has filed a $250 million lawsuit against the Washington Post. Oh, and every indication that there's going to be a lot more lawsuits filed by the time this is all said and done. Even Alan Dershowitz said they have a really good case. And these poor kids, you know, seem to be doing exactly the right thing. And then suddenly, because they're thought to be white privileged kids, suddenly everyone's ganging up on them, Dershowitz said. And then he goes on to say, while the court may decide $250 million is excessive, I do think they have a significant case. And I believe that he's right. Uh, Bill O'Reilly, his new book, by the way, has been a... Wow, long-time bestseller now, uh, Killing the SS, the Hunt for the wor Worst War Criminals in History. How are you, sir? 
I'm the same, Hannity, which is tragic, as you know. <laughs> you know, you talk a lot about the media. As a matter of fact, yeah. you know, another day, the New York Times slandering and accusing the president of obstructing justice. You know, look at this. Look at how these kids were treated. And the media, they needed to spend maybe five minutes and they could have gotten the real story. Sure. They did they no fact-checking. Because the narrative is that Trump's the devil and anybody who supports him deserves to uh, get whatever bad things come their way. So you start with that. And what's interesting about this lawsuit is the lawyer behind it, a guy named Lynn Wood, a very shrewd and effective lawyer out of Atlanta. Yeah, he's, on with, know, he's on in an hour, in a half hour, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's on your program. He's okay. coming up next after you. Yeah. So, good. This is perfect because I'll set the table for him. He knows if he can get this case in front of a jury that he'll win $200 million. Now, the opposition and the judges, they try to stop that. But the kid has a right to a jury trial. And it's outside of New York. It's outside of California. Oh, it's in Kentucky. Well, they might move the venue because of all the publicity, but it's going to be in the heartland somewhere. So the jury is going to sit there and they're going to watch the tape and they're going to see the Washington Post history of maliciously going after people who are perceived to be Trump supporters. This case is going to really damage Jeff Bezos and the Washington Post because that jury is going to be so angry that they're going to award the kid and his parents as much money as humanly possible. Now, maybe be busted down later. That happens. But the Washington Post is in major trouble. You know, I agree with you, but I don't even think it's just the Washington Post. I'll go into this in more detail with Lynn when he joins us. Bill, the rush to judgment. Look at Kavanaugh. The rush to judgment, you know, the media, uh, uh, you know, look at the Obama years, even the president who's a lawyer, Cambridge police, Trayvon, that could be like my son, Ferguson, Missouri, Baltimore, Maryland, uh, UVA, the Duke lacrosse case, you know, in every one of those cases, I first met Lynn when I was a local radio guy in Atlanta and I was the only one in the media. And it turned out, I found out you know, much later that when I was on the air and the story broke that he fit the profile of the lone bomber because he lives with his mother, Richard Jewell said he was listening to me saying that's the most idiotic analysis I've ever heard. But I was the only one to do it. That's scary. Sure, because the agenda-driven media now isn't looking for the truth. We've discussed this before. I wrote my message of the day on BillOReilly.com about the New York Times exclusive about uh, President Trump trying to get favorable treatment in the Michael Cohen situation. Okay, and I said, this is like buying land in the Sahara Desert. <laughs> it means nothing. Any human being on the face of the earth would have a discussion with his subordinates about, gee, can we get somebody in there who's objective? Are the people that are running this uh, Cohen thing, are they Obama acolytes? Are they activists? Are they careerists? Anybody would discuss that, all right? But the fact is that anything that President Trump says, and as you know, I'm not, a, I'm not an ideologue and I'm not trying to uh, be on the Trump campaign, but anything that he says, the New York Times is going to take it and spin it negative and say, oh, it's sinister, no matter what the conversation is. And how do they do it? They use phantom, invisible people. We have dozens of people close to him. Dozens? 
I mean, that must have been a crowded room when he was having a conversation hey, with hey, the hey, hey, Bill, the two people that he's talking about, Whitaker, the acting AG, and the president, yet once you get past the New York Times big, salacious headline, you find out that both Whitaker and Trump say it never happened. It, well, of course it didn't happen. Of course it didn't happen because there was no action taken to change anybody. And that, that's what comes under the heading of obstruction. So there wasn't any obstruction. So why am I forced to read this boring article? And boy, was it boring. And the four writers are all anti-Trump activists. Mm-hmm. Haberman and Schmidt, these, these people are all over MSNBC and CNN. What are they doing on there? Bill, okay, have you ever... Activists. Have, have, listen, all of those stories I just mentioned. Now I'll give you another example. Look at, nobody vetted Obama. Newt Gingrich called me as I'm vetting Obama and talking about Ayers and Dorn and the Church of, of GD America and Alinsky and Acorn and Frank Marshall Davis says, you know you got to stop. You're like the, out there on an edge, but, uh, you know, hanging on a tree leaf in winter that's that's dry and about to break. You're going to ruin your career. And I said, well, so what? Or look at the deep state story that, you know, two years this March, I began with John Solomon. And we have now discovered there really was an effort at a coup first to favor a candidate that should have been indicted, rig that investigation, <laughs> then use her bought and paid for phony Russian can I, can lies. I, can I just stop you right there? Yeah. Do you believe that on national television, McCabe, the uh. second in command at the FBI, said that Strzok and uh, Page were patriotic, good people? They just made a mistake. I mean, the fact that this guy, and even if you don't like Trump, and even if you're somebody who wants to see him go down, the fact that this guy has that opinion, that his subordinates are uh, texting each other saying, we got to ruin him. we got to ruin a presidential candidate. But then McCabe says, well, they just made a mistake. They just... I mean, this is how serious this is, that you have people in power in Washington, D.C., people with influence over all of our lives, who don't see anything wrong with that. He doesn't see, McCabe doesn't see anything wrong with it. All the things that you lay out on TV and radio every day, McCabe goes, oh, yeah, they may be true. Hanley might be telling you the truth, but there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it is just, in, I've never in 45 years in journalism seen anything like it, ever. You know, you, you had an opportunity. It was reported on. I know you're writing a book, a history book on President Trump. I know this is your passion. Your, your real passion in life is writing and history. Uh, I know because you happen to have one of well, I probably shouldn't say this because people will break into your house and steal it all, although it's not there. It's in a museum someplace. Um, but you have bought tons of historical memorabilia in your life and you're doing your research for the history of Trump. And you also got an, an exclusive interview, I think, for like two hours with him. Right. Yeah. on Air Force One. Yeah, I'm writing a history book, a thousand words. By the way, I haven't been on Air Force One with the president. You know, what what are you bragging? What's up with that? No, I I paid my way. They actually charged me. (laughs) They charged you for a ride on Air Force One. How much do you have to pay? (laughs) They charged me because I don't take freebies. So I'm paying (laughs) what uh, first class airfare would be down in Palm Beach. Right. But the book that I'm writing is so fascinating because I don't know any of this stuff. I trace the whole Trump phenomenon from the time he was great-grandfather that came to America uh, until now. 
mm-hmm. and you are going to be just stunned at some of the stuff that I found out. And the, there is, it's not pro-Trump, it's not anti-Trump, it's fact-Trump. And for the first time, and I mean the first time, Americans will be able to read about their president in an honest way. With me, no agenda, here let me ask facts, you this: all backed up. All right, your analysis, because I have my own theory. Um, I think that this was an attempted coup. I think when you look at the past, if, Bill, let me put it this way. If you ever had subpoenaed emails and you deleted 33,000 of them and then you acid washed your hard drive and beat up all your devices that have those emails on them, Bill, I'm sorry, you know, as rich as you are, you're not going to be able to get out of jail. You're going to jail. So they rigged that investigation. Then they used the bought and paid Russian dossier to get a FISA warrant. That was the key. The dossier was the key. So once the Fusion GPS people got a hold of this or fabricated it or whatever they did, and once they got it out to the press, Mm -hmm. then everybody said, we got them. We got them, and now Hillary Clinton's going to be president. So we have to overlook everything that she did because she's going to be the next president, and if we go after her, she'll come after us. And there was ideology involved in it. But when that didn't happen, they had an insurance policy. It all fell apart. But the FBI, instead of saying, you know, we're really sorry we uh, committed a fraud and gave a judge in the FISA uh, arena false information to get a wiretap, we're really, really sorry we didn't know it was false. Well, well hang on, down. Bill. Bill, we know they know now. We know they were well, briefed. They down. They, well, they, they did it say three they more times. And they made a mistake. All right. They basically said, well, we're going to get them now for sure, because if we don't, all of this is going to come out, which it has. Which That's it has. why this is a coup, because they tried to bludgeon the president with unverified, uncorroborated, yeah, for Clinton bought and paid for life. But it's survival. even worse. But Steele, in an interrogatory, as you know, in Great Britain, testified under oath, under threat of perjury. When when pushed, he said, I have no idea if any of this is true. True, it's raw intelligence. Maybe fifty-fifty. Raw intelligence. What That's a what bunch he said. Crap. It was rumor. It was raw intelligence. Yeah. It was Hooker's urinating in a bed rumor. in Moscow in the Ritz. He was paid if he Correct. could if he could deliver dirt. If he came back and said, Ah, you know, Trump didn't do anything in, in Russia. Nothing happened. He wouldn't have gotten the money. So you know, look. Everybody knows what this is, which is going to be fascinating to see if Mueller gets into any of it when this leaks out. Which well, we hear the report's going to be done next week or as early as next week. Yeah, but we're not going to see that. All right. It's not going to be put out to the public. It's going to be given to a House committee. They'll be briefed by Barr. And as soon as they're briefed, leaked. it'll be leaked. Whatever the briefing by Barr is, a new attorney general, to the House committee will be leaked almost, almost now, simultaneously. Now, let's say That's they hand this we'll report in. Out. They're not going to do this while the president's in Vietnam negotiating the denuclearization of the Korean sure, Peninsula, are they? Bad. And it'll what? be bad because even oh, if I don't think it's going to be what people think at all. Well, even if it's not bad, CNN will make it bad. And the New yeah, York Times that's will make true. It. They'll just make it up like they usually do. Yeah, they'll spin it like, oh, it's terrible. Look at this. It's terrible, even if it isn't. 
It's crazy. The American people should be prepared. The fix is in. All right, quick break. We'll come back uh, more with Bill O'Reilly. And then at the top of the hour, Lynn Wood, who is representing Nicholas Sandman, the Covington Catholic school kid, and the lawsuit that he filed yesterday against the Washington Post, $250 million. All right, as we continue with Bill O'Reilly, Lynn Wood at the top of the hour, the attorney uh, who filed a lawsuit on behalf of Nicholas Sandman for $250 million against the Washington Post, which I predict is just the first of many, many more lawsuits. So you look at this 16-year-old kid, Nicholas Sandman, and Linwood, as I said, is going to join us. They, they destroyed this kid's life. Yep. And there, there are even idiot lawyers on radio and TV and in writing columns that, well, he might be a public figure. A public figure? No. Nah, but, but, but the problem is... <laughs> Everything that you could ever make up about Sean Hannity has been written, and I have no recourse. Just picture this. This kid walks in to the courtroom, takes the oath, sits in the uh, chair in front of the jury, and Lynn Wood says, tell us how you were affected by this reporting, and the kid just wails. Then they're going to show what happened. They're going, can we give them more than $200 million? <laughs> I mean, that's what it's well, going to be. And then, and then think of what they'll also be able to show. The black Hebrew Israelites verbally, yeah, viciously no assaulting them. They'll see that Nathan Phillips walked up to him, unlike the reports that were going out every second of the day. I, I, th- I, I think this kid wins slam dunk, and they'll want to settle in two seconds. Well, they will settle. It'll never come into the courtroom. Killing the SS, the hunt for the worst war criminals in history. Also, uh, Bill's podcast on uh, BillOReilly.com. Thanks for being with us. We appreciate it as always. Anytime. Enjoy Uh, it. When we come back, Lynn Wood, he is representing Nicholas Sandman, one of the Covington Catholic school kids, and in a suit that I think is devastating, extraordinarily well written. We'll put it up on Hannity.com so you can read it. It's 38 pages, and it's worth every second. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.